What's up, pals? Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 109 of Super Nerd Pals. I'm your host, Andy Carasquillo. And I'm Stan Gadurski. And we're missing two people. Oh, Where they at? But that's, that's fine. You know why? Why? Because the boys are back. The boys are back in town. Wait, hold on. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting a call. Wait, I gotta answer this. Hello? Oh, hi. Mayor Bloomberg? Oh, what what was that? Oh, yeah, the boys are back in town. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, that was the that was the previous mayor of New York City. He he called to ask if the boys were back, and we are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't have the current mayor's number. So. We wish. Can't talk. Can't talk to him. He's too busy. Anyway, how was your, how was your week? <laughs> I got sick. That mm. sucked. But then it was my birthday. Oh yeah, happy birthday. Thank you. You doing anything special for your birthday? I had a surprise party. That was fucking weird, but... Oh, nice. That did happen. Um, and... That was about it. Mm-mm. Yeah, um, I... You know, usual stuff. I played. I played a lot of Snake Pass actually on the Switch, um, which is a really fun game where you play as a snake, and you you do climbing puzzles. Are you excited for Mario Kart Eight? Yeah, I got that shit pre pre ordered, man. That's I have done. Pre ordered too. That's a done deal. We're just waiting for that date. You know, what else I got pre ordered. What? Uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris. Really? I'm, I'm not even surprised though. Yo, come on, Puyo Puyo, and Tetris <laughs> together. I have to think about that one. Finally, together again. <laughs> there's like this character. All right, there's this character in Puyo Puyo. T- I rem- last time we talked about this on the show, my favorite character was like the dude that looked like Beerus and was like beautiful. Okay, I got a new yeah. guy. He's like a scientist bear man, and every time he gets like, um, he clears the screen or gets like a Tetris or whatever, he goes, "Oh yeah, I love it!" And then, <laughs> like a bunch of shit like falls on the other other player's screen. He's he's my favorite character. I hope they don't record any English dialogue because the Japanese stuff is too good. All right, I guess that's it. You want to go to the news? Hell yeah! So. Okay. Uh, Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man... Spider-Men 2. Right. Um, so, if you, if you're listening and you don't know what Spider-Men is, it was a miniseries a few years back where Peter Parker from Marvel 16, 616 Universe and Miles Morales from the Ultimate Universe teamed up for the first time. Um, it was a fun, it was a fun little miniseries. And now they're doing a sequel because that's that's what you do, you do you do a sequel to the successful thing that already happened. Well, that, that's not what you do. That's what Marvel does, and then they somehow fuck it up and make it shit. Well, hopefully this one won't be. Hold on, I'm gonna look up some info. Yeah, so it was written by Brian Michael Bendis. Um, and he's coming back to write the sequel, and basically what happened at the end of the first Spider-Man was that 
uh, Peter, when he got back to the regular Marvel Universe, he was like, hmm, I wonder if there's a Miles Morales in my universe. And then he Googles him, and he's like, oh my god, but you don't get to see like what comes up after he Googles it. So Spider-Man 2 is basically going to answer what that cliffhanger was after all these years later. Um, so we're going to, I guess, see what a you know regular universe Miles Morales is. Maybe, maybe he's a villain. Maybe he's not a good man, and Peter and and our Miles need need to go beat him up. Plot twist: What if, what if, Norman Osborn changed his name to Miles Morales, and that's like Miles Morales in this universe would be the Green Goblin. He could just be the Green Goblin. He doesn't have to be also Norman Osborn. Voiced by Willem Dafoe. In the comic book, like yeah. you open it up and it's like it's like those birthday cards that have the music, but when you open it up, it's like Spidey. <laughs> it was every page is that. So every time you turn the page, it goes Spidey. How much money would you have to pay to get that made? Enough. I'd pay. I'd pay uh, the cover price of one issue of Dark Knight Three to buy that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited for this because I really like the first Spider-Man um, mini. Yeah, I'm interested to see what uh. Miles Morales in the regular universe would be. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's basically the the only hook that I know of because, you know, it's not that special that Peter and Miles team up because they do it all the time now because they fucking live down the block from each other. Now. All because of a cheeseburger. Yeah, pretty much. Secret Wars. And that's that. Also, from Marvel, Marvel Legacy is happening. And that sounds a lot like another event type thing that another company has done. Instead of instead of doing comic events, why doesn't Marvel make better video games? Or come out with uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance for the PS4. Alright, let me let me read to you what Marvel Legacy is gonna be and you tell me if this sounds familiar to you at all, okay? And I got this from Gizmodo.com. So it says, Kicking off with a 50-page one-shot special, Marvel Legacy Number 1 by Jason Aaron and Issa Ribic. Hold on, pause. It already sounds like Rebirth. (laughs) That will set the stage for what's to come in Marvel's future, as well as establish a new status quo of hope, heroism, and heart. According uh, According to the provided press release. Um, that status quo will also involve the return of a beloved Marvel mainstay. After Legacy Number 1, the company will relaunch its current roster of comic books with new series as well as the return of current and classic series, restored to their original issue numberings. (laughs) It's not only the esoteric element of Days Gone By that Marvel will bring back under the Legacy banner. Fan-favorite holdovers like classic corner art on front covers, sales initiatives like the old Marvel value stamps, and even the fan-focused magazine Foom will be making returns alongside the wave of legacy-branded comics. <laughs> Marvel Rebirth. It, it convinced me it was Rebirth at a 50-page issue. Mm-hmm. That's like a standalone and like kicks off the rest of what's going on with Marvel. Yeah, And a return to hope heroes heroism and and happiness or whatever <laughs> yeah um 
I love how when the show started, we were kind of on Marvel side, and now we're just 100 DC. I mean, I like a lot of what Marvel does. It's just that I don't know if they have a, an idea what they're doing right now, except like looking at what is popular or what sells and going with that, which they're business, sure, but like they're a creative business, so it would probably help them out if they're a little bit more creative, you know? Yeah. What's, what annoys me about uh, Marvel Legacy is I feel like this is not really them genuinely wanting to go and and bring back what people like about Marvel. It's them, like, listening to people complain about all the new, you know, like Sam Wilson, like, you know, the totally awesome Hulk etc etc and people are just like no I want the I want Bruce Banner I want Logan I want blah 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 you know I want Eddie Brock as Venom and Marvel's like okay sure let's bring back all the you know Earth's whitest heroes it's so legacy is happening after Marvel Generations which is happening after Secret Empire oh my god so Marvel Generations is happening later this summer and it's going to be a bunch of one-shots where a um, current Marvel hero is going to team up with the original version of that hero. So it's going to be like Logan teaming up with Laura, two Wolverines. You're going to have Captain America, uh, Steve Rogers with Captain America, Sam Wilson. You're going to have Iron Man and Ironheart. And they're going to have a bunch of one-shot adventures with the two of them. And then Wait, presumably... so does that mean that... Doctor Doom or Iron Man will get retconned. I don't know. Right Cause, now, because Doom Iron Man is like fucking awesome. It might, yeah. They're I. Marvel just seems to want to really roll back to all the, you know, all the old versions of all the characters. I don't. I don't know what this means for all the characters that currently have books. <clears throat> all new Wolverine, for example. But I guess we'll see, because they, they seem really intent on bringing back Logan and bringing back, you know, Steve Rogers as a non-Hydra person and bringing Iron Man back to life. But, the only thing that I look forward to is erasing Gwenpool. Oh, maybe they will. <laughs> don't get don't get too hopeful. I guess I guess we'll see what happens. They, I, I'll be really pissed off if they if they just walk back all the cool changes that they made in favor of, like, original versions. Yeah. Because there's no, there's no reason why you, they can't all have coexisting books. I mean, like, are they going to get rid of Old Man Wolverine and bring back Logan? Or are they going to have Old Man Wolverine, uh, Logan and Laura all as Wolverine? You know? Because right now, uh, Old Man Logan's part of uh, the X-Men Gold team. And you know, I don't like. I really, I really don't know. Anyway, Marvel Legacy is happening in the fall. I guess we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. For now, hold on to your favorite books and, and pray. Well, I'm pretty sure we'll be following that train wreck. So. Yeah. I I mean, if it's anything like a uh, secret, uh, Civil War, two. We're gonna cover it for like one episode, and then just be done with it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, 
next on the list, Friday the 13th comes out soon. Uh, next comes month, May 25th or May 24th? May 26th. Oh. I just looked it up. Oh. Yeah, so I've been following this game um, like off the books for a little bit. I haven't talked about it on the show yet, but it looks really cool. It's like um, asymmetrical multiplayer. One person plays as Jason, and you can play as any version of Jason from any of the, the Jason movie, the Friday the 13th movies, and then everybody else, I think it's like 1v7 or something, plays as like camp counselors trying to survive the night as Jason like stalks them. And so, you know, Jason is really hard to kill. He like power walks everywhere. Real, he can real teleport. Fast. He can, he can, there's like a lot of murder going on and all the camp counselors have to just fucking get off the island or the survive the night or whatever they got to do. And it looks really cool. Um, this seems like something we should all play when it comes out. Next I mean, month. I've also been following this off the books. Um, and this is the first time I've ever heard a release date for it. So yeah, I think they I'm just like, announced it actually. Yeah. So yeah. I'm extremely excited that it's coming sooner than later. Part of me wished that they waited, though, because October this year will have a Friday the 13th. And just 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 for, like, you know... I feel like this game will build up the Friday the 13th want. Yeah. Yeah, it looks, it looks really cool. And they revealed this game, like, sometime last year. Yeah, it's it's been on my radar, so I'm I'm glad it's finally coming out, and we can we can all try it. It's coming to PC, uh, PS4, and Xbox One. So we in there. Yep. All right, uh, that's it for the news. Uh, Batman. Oh yeah, Batman. Batman Twenty One. By the way, did you read this, Andy? I did not yet. Oh, you gotta read it. You gotta read it. Batman Twenty One starts the button um, storyline that's going on for the next several issues. It's gonna bounce between Batman, the Flash, Batman and the Flash. So it's gonna be Batman Twenty One, Flash Twenty One, Batman Twenty Two, Flash Twenty Two, um, once a week, I think. And it's essentially gonna be a continuation of the rebirth, the rebirth one shot, where Batman and the Flash are gonna try to figure out what the origin of that button is uh, that Batman found in the cave. It's already started. Batman 21 came out last week. I read it. It's really fucking good. It does that whole uh, nine-panel business that the Watchmen books do. Um, And it it pays a lot of homage to the Watchmen, and it's really cool. There's, like, this whole sequence. I don't know how much you care about spoilers, Andy. Go for it. I'm going to read it anyway. All right. So if you're listening and you haven't read it yet and you have an interest in reading it, skip ahead about 60 seconds or so. But I'm going to go into it real quick. Um, not a lot happens plot-wise in this one. It's basically just setting up the next three issues. But essentially, um, Eobard Thawne comes back. And if you don't, if you don't remember what happened to him, um, Thomas Wayne Batman stabbed him in the chest (laughs) during Flashpoint and murdered him. Um, and he came back to life. And he shows up in the Batcave while Batman is investigating the button. And he calls the Flash, Batman calls the Flash, to come with him into the cave to basically what happens is Batman grabs the button and he 
and it he has um a mask of the psycho pirate and the mask interacts with the button in a weird way and batman calls the flash and he's like hey flash come here um something's going on with this button and so flash is like dealing with something and he's like okay i'll be there in 60 seconds when when that happens the the comic book starts a countdown clock of 60 seconds in the corner of the panel oh, what the and fuck? that's when reverse flash shows up into the bat cave to grab the button and batman is like what the fuck are you doing in my bat cave and he's like i'm gonna <laughs> fuck you up batman and he he takes he takes the note that Thomas Wayne wrote Bruce that Flash brought him at the end of Flashpoint and he tears it up and Batman's like get out of my cave <laughs> and and the reverse Flash starts fucking Batman up because it's the reverse Flash he's got super speed right but every panel that goes by is the countdown of when the Flash is supposed to come to the cave and so every panel it's like 59 50. but then there's this there's this um, part of that where the Flash the reverse Flash starts punching the shit out of Batman, but every panel is the same second, so it's like 59, 59, 59, 59, but he's getting the shit beat out of him for an entire page, so you know he's getting all those blows in in that one second, and it just it dilates the time in a way that's like crazy, and um, basically what happens is that Batman does manage to somehow survive um, just in time. Like, I don't want to say he comes out on top because that's definitely not what happens. Like I have never, I have actually never seen Batman get fucked up this badly <laughs> against the. But what happens is that he knocks out Batman. Basically um, reverse flash turns around and it's like, Oh yeah, this button here, he picks up the button and he disappears in like a flash of blue light. And then it's like nothing for like a couple of panels of just Batman just laying on the ground quietly. And then he comes back but half of his body is like burnt off. So the reverse flash just comes back and like half of his body is just gone. It's just skeleton. And he just, his like eyes are wide open. He's like, I saw God. And then he dies <laughs> next again. Yeah. He just collapses and he's just, and his, I want to emphasize this is blue light that he comes back in. So basically it looks like Dr. Manhattan, like fucking destroyed the reverse flash and he came and he popped back into the Batcave and like collapsed next to Batman and that's when the flash shows up and he's like hey Batman I'm home what the fuck <laughs> and that's the end of the issue so it's it's a crazy issue and yeah man it's pretty violent what happens to the reverse flash when he comes back after touching the button so I mean Dr. Manhattan would do that shit to you so yeah so it, yeah, it's crazy. Um, he gave no fucks, bro. Rorschach was his friend, and he made him explode. Bloom part, yeah. And every so every issue of this is going to be like a lenticular cover. It's that thing where you turn it and the image changes or whatever, and it's like that three D effect. Um, the the one for Flash is going to be the reverse Flash grabbing the button, and when you move the lenticular cover, like half his body blows away. <laughs> so that's what that cover is. So it's going to be great. Um, yeah, I can't wait. And that actually leads us into the pull list, which Flash 21 is one of the things kicking, on the pull list. Kicking off strong on that. Yeah, so Flash 21 is going to continue the button storyline. Um, they have three issues left to go, so I'm hoping that they, you know, they did the, all the setup. I wanted to just see them, like, dive into this mystery now because I really want to see what they're going to find out, which obviously we all know. It's like dramatic irony. We know what the hell that button means. We know what the blue light and the murder means. It's just wanting to see them come to that conclusion too. 
Um, well, it's weird because like the DC universe, um, none of them have really interacted with the Watchmen ever. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be weird to see them be like, "How the fuck did we not know this guy existed?" Yeah. Well, I mean, judging by Reverse Flash's reaction, it's not going to be great <laughs> when they find out. Um, yeah, Dr. Manhattan is pr- presumably the culprit of what happened to create the New 52 and whatever. The I will say this, though. Um, they are connecting really heavy, heavily to Flashpoint because that was obviously the point where the New 52 came about. And Batman 21, I mean 22 has Thomas Wayne Batman on the cover. So I guess we'll see what kind of connection this is going to have. Maybe Batman and, and his dad are going to team up, which would be really cool. Um, yeah, Thomas Wayne Batman is my favorite Batman. No one, no one has made a better Batman than Thomas Wayne. He's got a pretty cool backstory, which is the same as Bruce's backstory, just different. <clears throat> but I like, I like the how his parents survive and his dad became Batman. His mom became the Joker. Yeah. Um, so that's the flash. We also have Ben Riley, Scarlet spider. Number one. Woo. Um, About time. Yeah. It's, it's a little weird going into this because, uh, this is coming off of the clone conspiracy, which I didn't read, but I know Ben Riley was the main villain of that, which is really garbage, but <laughs> Um, basically this one's going to be him kind of struggling with the idea that he was the villain, but he didn't consider himself the villain. So he's trying to, he's sort of trying to make amends and becoming a hero again, but he doesn't know what to really do. He's, it's really conflicted. I, I saw a preview of it and it's him. It's going to be him talking to himself, but himself is projected as the classic nineties Scarlet spider. Who's like talking shit to him the whole time? So he's it's kind of he's kind of insane, I think, a little bit. So <laughs> I don't know. I I'm not super hot on the on the premise, but it's Ben Riley, and I always said if they ever made another Ben Riley ongoing, I would follow it completely. And they are, so I have to like I have to keep my <laughs> bond with with that and and buy all those Ben Riley books and hope that they bring back the classic costume and you know make him a hero again but we'll see and that it's not a hot mess of 2017 yeah yeah <laughs> i hope so uh, it will be though if if it will be on that list though if i don't i'm not gonna like pull any punches if it's not good <laughs> i will follow it because it's been a rally but i am fully prepared to talk shit about it and the final poll is x-men blue number two um, and that's because X-Men Blue number one is really fucking cool. Um, I haven't talked about it yet because I haven't had the time. It just, it, X-Men Blue number one came out literally two weeks ago, but it's, it's really awesome. It's my favorite X-Men book that is coming out of Resurrection or whatever the fuck the X-Men event was, you know, events on events on events. <laughs> um, so they're doing a bunch of different um, new X-Men books. There's X-Men Blue, there's X-Men Gold, there's Generation X, there's Astonish... I, I think Astonishing? Weapon X. On and on and on. Too many fucking X-Men books. Um, X-Men Gold I read and it was okay, but I wasn't too hot on it. X-Men Blue, though, is really cool. Um, X-Men Blue has the the time di- displaced all new X-Men. So it's like Jean Grey, Beast, Cyclops, 
uh, Iceman, and they're teaming up again. But Jean Grey is leading the X-Men this time instead of Cyclops, and they decided to sort of break away from the main X-Men. So they've kind of left the X-Men, even though they're still X-Men. And the coolest part of this is that they're operating out of Madripoor. And guess who their um, their leader is? Andy. Don't tell me Magneto. Mag-fucking-Nito is leading the OG X-Men who have left the main X-Men to be their own, like, rogue unit. And they're underneath Magneto. That sounds kind of cool. It's really cool. The, the last page of X-Men Blue has them like going into this um, mansion to talk to their boss, basically. Um, their Professor X type. And then it just turn, he turns around and it's Magneto. And he's like, to me, my X-Men. And I'm like, yes. It's fucking awesome. Magneto. Mag-fucking-Nito. Leading the X-Men. It's going to be cool. And apparently they're um, going to be adding... Remember how I talked about how there's going to be probably three Wolverines? Yeah. We'll get ready for fourth one because... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> because apparently um, they're bringing Wolverine's son from the Ultimate Universe, who I don't okay. I don't really know his name. I don't really know anything about him because I didn't follow the Ultimate X-Men, but apparently he ended up in this universe also, and they have a backup story with him fighting the, the Wendigo. Wendigo? Or the fuck his name is. And essentially they're going to set it up that he joins the X-Men Blue team. So that should be cool. Um, it's no Laura, Wolverines. but... <laughs> you could do like a Wolverine core book. Where it's just all, t- all Wolverines all the time. Bring Jonathan the Wolverine. The actual Wolverine. But yeah, X-Men Blue 2. I can't wait to read it. Um, X-Men Blue number one was really awesome. If you like the X-Men, you'd probably like this one. And that's it for the pull list. Hell yeah. Uh, so let's get into some Persona 5 talk. Yeah, we haven't had a chance to talk about this yet. Um, how far are you, by the way? Why well, haven't your voice cut out? It was weird. Oh. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, so I said, how far are you in Persona 5? Uh, I am still in Kamoshida's castle. Okay. Uh, I'm a little bit past that, so we're we're both pretty early in the game. Um, just about, I'm about two months in. Um, I guess Andy, you're about a month in at this point. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about it so far? I like it. Okay, so I think the Velvet Room is completely interesting. I don't like it at all, though. Really? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. In, I'm not into the. I'll let you. I'll let you say why you like it, but I'm not. Right. Not into it. But go ahead. I think I'm. I think I'm more excited that Igor is voiced by the guy who voices Jiraiya in Naruto mm. than I am about anything else. Okay. Yeah. I I don't actually like his voice. <laughs> his voice is so majestic. It, but it just it makes no sense coming out of Igor's I mean, face. It doesn't, it doesn't fit Igor at all. Yeah, it doesn't fit him at all. When I see, I just love his voice. Was he was was Eco? I don't remember, but was he voiced in the previous Persona games? He was. He was voiced in Persona Four Golden, and Persona Three. Okay. Yeah. Because well, when I see Igor, I'm like, yeah, I'm Igor. I must fuse your persona. <laughs> but now it's just like, oh, thou art I. Fuck you. Go in your prison <laughs> cell, boy. <laughs> it's just like what? <laughs> and I don't like Caroline and Justine. 
Oh no, they annoy the fuck out of me. The, the the helpers or whatever, they're like the they're like honestly the worst. After like Margaret and Theodore and all the really cool Velvet Room helpers and Marie, then shit, we got these two like piece of shit kids like like talking shit to you this whole time and I don't know. It just you being in a prison cell and all that stuff just doesn't doesn't strike me as I mean, I get it. It's a manifestation of his subconscious, which yeah. obviously he was convicted and whatever, you know, his whole backstory. So, like, it kind of makes sense to who the character is, but I don't know. I think it's weird that every time you walk into a velvet room, you're, like, in the black and white striped clothes and uh, he's basically a prisoner. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, it makes sense, like, thematically, because you, you are playing this character who has a record, and you're basically a thief, and it's like, you're not, you're not, you're a hero, but you're, like, more on the gray end, end of the spectrum than you are, like, previous Persona, but, like, you go from, like, Persona 3, where you're in this, like, fancy elevator, to Persona 4, where you're in this, like, sleek-ass limo, or whatever, and then you're in... A fucking garbage prison cell now, so it makes sense in terms of the game. I just—it's a personal preference. I prefer the previous Velvet Rooms. Uh, uh, I like Persona Fours where you're like essentially in a fucking limo. Yeah, exactly. That's that's my—I like, I like that a lot. I thought the limo was really chill. Yeah, had nothing to do with the character. Had it was just—it was just cool aesthetically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the prison—the prison cell has no chill, so. That might be my issue with it. Um, I mean, and then Igor keeps, like, making it a point to be like, we need to redeem you. Yeah. And it's like, but you're trying to turn me into a master thief, so you're not redeeming me. Yeah, it's, whatever. Um, It's just, like, it's it's pretty much, you know, the way it plays is pretty much like the previous Persona games. You have the day-night cycle where you're going to school in the morning, and then after school you're either hanging out with your buddies or you're going to the dungeons in the game. Um, the actual dungeon crawling is pretty similar also to previous Persona games, just, you know, minus the whole stealth element where you're hiding around corners and and trying to keep the alert bar as low as possible. But It's, it's also... It's also different in the fact that in Persona 4, if I'm not mistaken, every time you entered the dungeon, it would change. There was no set look to the dungeon. Now, every time you go back, like, it's the exact same layout. Well, that's more like 3, I think, because 4 had those, like, themed... I could be misremembering, but 4 had, like, you know, themed dungeons around every shadow person that you're encountering three was like that randomized like thing where you climb tartarus all the way to whatever um but persona 5 is definitely more designed in their dungeons because you have very strong themes and you have the maps that you're collecting and then you're like kamashita's palace you're like traversing chandeliers and doing all this stuff and that's that's what's different but in terms of like the actual battle system that's a lot similar to previous Persona games and, yeah. and Shin Megami Tensei in, in general because you're you're basically exploiting the weakness of the enemies and then you're um, following up with extra moves when you do that until you do an all-out attack. Or what's really cool about this one actually is that they brought in 
the way the other persona the other Shin Megami Tensei games work in that you can negotiate with all the the monsters that you fight and convince them to join your team um, basically become your persona and you do that by basically knocking out everyone that you're fighting and then you get into this cool like hold up situation where you're all like pointing your guns at the enemy and then you can talk to them and if you pick the right um, dialogue then they'll join you or or you can ask them for money or items or if you try to convince them to join you but they're too strong usually they'll give you an item and leave or something like that and I like that a lot because that was some of my favorite parts of the non-Persona games and so for them to bring that to this one is really cool because I think in the previous one Persona 4 you were just picking up cards or whatever after a battle yeah basically Yeah, so I like this one a lot because it kind of gives you um, a little bit of it's less random because the the other ones were like a little bit more random because you're you didn't know what the cards were you just knew it would give you new persona but like so like when you finish the battle in persona 4 golden they had the cards and you could pick the cards and usually the card will show you what the persona is but that's like kind of dependent on how you did in the battle this one it's like oh i i need this fucking guy i'm just gonna hold him up and then you can get him that way that's basically what i've been doing yeah and also there's all the fusing and stuff from the previous game so it it's it's new but it's the same but it's different so it's, it's personal i do not like that igor forces you to fuse oh yeah that first, first time, time that first time was garbage because i didn't have anybody that i wanted to fuse but i had to do it anyway yeah i had the same exact thing going on and because of that i was forced to fuse the main character's persona which i usually keep around for a while yeah I, I I got lucky and had a couple of spare, but it was like Jack O' Lantern and Pixie, and I didn't want to fuse those two because I need, I needed both of them. But I, he made me do it anyway. Fucking Igor doesn't give you a choice in this one. I hate that guy. Well, I had I had a bunch of personas that I could fuse. The issue was they would create like higher level personas. Uh, I so see. I got asked out of that. Mm. So what do you think about well, the characters and stuff so far? I love some of the characters. Um, I obviously haven't been introduced to the entire cast, yeah. but um, the characters that I have been introduced to, I like them a lot. I feel like I like them a lot more than I like the Persona 4 cast. Really? I really like the Persona 4 cast, but I also really like the Persona 3 cast. So I just kind of like. I, I have no experience with Persona 3, so. Yeah. I just, I just like every everyone i think um <laughs> but so far so far so good with the characters of persona 5 um, i like ryuji a lot um i love ryuji yeah it's my I, favorite character I like morgana um even though she is always telling you to go to sleep for no reason like no matter what i do morgana's just like we should go to sleep yeah you're tired go to bed fuck you no, cat i want to explore the town um i like I like Tokyo a lot, like ex- like walking around in the streets and going to vending machines and stuff. There's a lot. There's a lot for you to do, um, and but it it's so it's so much. There's so much to do that you almost feel like you're not you're missing out on doing like a lot. There's like a lot of FOMO going on with this game for me because I'm like I want to hang out with, with Ryuji, but I know I need to go and probably do this or or. I actually had that instant the other day. Um, 
So Morgana was like, oh, make sure you maintain relationship with the doctor. So I was like, all right, I'll do that after class. I'll like make a bond with her or whatever. And um, so class ends and Ryuji texts me and he's like, oh, we should chill. And um, I get that instant where it's just like, oh, I feel a strong connection. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, fuck, what do I do? Do I fucking chill with Ryuji and waste a day? Or do I just do the doctor shit and keep going with my life? Yeah. And it was worse for me because I, I made the mistake of peeking at a guide, like a calendar guide. Mm-hmm. And you should never do If you're playing Persona 5, you have any desire to do it, like I would suggest you not doing that because it makes you feel even worse. Because it's like, you know, you should really go and study today. And I'm like, mm. Mm, don't want to <laughs> and so I feel bad because I'm like oh, I'm going to throw off my whole calendar now but I think that's not the way you're supposed to play the game anyway you're supposed to just kind of like fumble your way through the year like you would do in real life <laughs> just like <laughs> blowing off friends and like fucking shit up like you're probably supposed to play Persona 5 that way so um, every, anytime I ignore the calendar I end up kind of enjoying myself more and they do have that um, thing that they had in Persona 4 Golden where you can kind of check to see how all the other players playing the game spent their day. Um, <clears throat> and they'll be like, oh, 50% hung out with Ryuji, 40% went to the library or, you know, whatever. And so it gives you an idea of, like, your options of what you could do that day. But it's really up to you. And I, I like that a lot. That's always been one of my favorite aspects of the Persona games is just being able to spend days like going to class and hanging out with buddies and then going to the dungeon and prioritizing different aspects of your life and trying to juggle social responsibilities with like plot responsibilities and yeah yeah like I have a I have a week before uh, before like the whole Kamoshido shit goes down so I'm just kind of like assing around figuring shit out trying to build bonds level up <clears throat> and Kamashita is like the biggest piece of shit by the way <laughs> he's like I, I don't think I ever hated a character in a I've actually it- seen a meme with uh uh it's like JK Rowling I created the most hated teacher and then like it's a picture of the teacher and then Atlas is like I got you and it's Kamashita <laughs> he's like the worst he's like probably one of my most hated characters in persona like period he's just he's such a piece of shit um (laughs) and so it feels really good when you finish that dungeon because it's like really cathartic but yeah that's how how many hours are you in that in in persona 5 by the way like 10 yeah for some reason i don't know how this happened but i'm like in the second week of may and i've got 20 plus hours already and i don't know how i've got so many hours like clocked in that game already but whatever so far so good we are not gonna have a full review of this game for some time yeah yeah if at all we'll see (laughs) i'm i'm hoping to have it i'm i'll say this i'm really glad atlas released this game at the beginning of the year because i would have like hated it if i if it came out in like november and i was trying to like beat it in time for our like game of the year stuff yeah, that would have been terrible. At least this way. At least you have all year. Yeah. Basically. Just like in Persona 5. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm glad it um 
it came out early because I feel like I'll, I'll have enough time to beat it by the end of the year. So yeah, but so far I'm really loving it. Um, I really like how stylized it is. Um, no. I like how the game starts off in the future and basically the rest of the game is like your flashback. Yeah, and it's it's gonna be really cool seeing how it builds up to that future moment where you're flashing back and. Yeah, I like it. Um, I like the whole rogue aspect of you being a bunch of thieves. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess we'll see how it pans out. But so far, so good. And that was your Persona check-in, your first one of the year. <laughs> first of many, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, and that's it. So I guess we can go into our final topic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. I got some bad news, Andy. Nintendo discontinued the NES Classic. I know. After producing five. They were like, that's it. Shut down. It was so last minute and random too. It was just like, oh, later this month will be our last shipment of Nintendo Classics. It's like, uh, huh? Yeah. And I feel like the demand for the NES Classic is a lot higher than it should be. And that might be partly or mostly Nintendo's fault for, for not producing enough of them. But I just feel like it's disproportionate. Like, yeah, it's cool that you get the 30 NES games and it's 60 bucks or whatever. And it's cheaper than buying a virtual console. But it's like, it's not that serious. But you know you know what would feel real serious? A SNES Classic. A SNES Mini. An SNES. However you pronounce it. And apparently, according to rumors... That's what Nintendo's doing. They're making a, an SN, SNES classic. Probably going to be the same ordeal as the Nintendo classic, where it's going to have 30-some-odd games, uh, cost about 60 bucks, and you're going to find it online for, like, 150 Or 300 because scalpers. Hopefully, hopefully, I'm hoping that by the time the holiday season rolls around, Nintendo will have enough Switches out in the wild that they can be like, all right, let's focus on the SNES for the holiday season and they make enough this time. Please, please. Because I had I had a little bit of hype for the NES, but my, my jam was always the Super Nintendo. So to wrap up the show this week, how about we build our own Super Dirt Pals? <sighs> SNES Classic, and choose a bunch of games that we'd like to see on it. First of all, everyone's doing the what def- what Nintendo definitely will do, and I know what def- what definitely Nintendo's going to put on there. And I I wrote out a quick list, and I'll read that list real quick, so that we don't we don't mention these games when we build our um, SNES Classic. And it's Super Mario World, Yoshi's Island, uh, Donkey Kong Country Trilogy, Super Metroid, Super Castlevania Four, F Zero. Uh, Link to the Past, Super Mario Kart, Pilot Wings, Pi- sorry, Pilot Wings, a Kirby, don't know which one, you you pick, probably Superstar or whatever, <laughs> Earthbound, Street Fighter 2, Chrono Trigger, or Final Fantasy 6, or both, Contra 3, Alien Wars, and Mega Man X. I think those are probably going to happen in one, one way or another. Those are very safe to say. Um, so, let's get that out of the way. Let's pick the ones that you want, and I want... That Nintendo will probably never ever put on the on the thing. Alright, so the first one I'm hitting hard with Atlas, Tales of Fantasia. Okay. 
the one that I would put is Ah Real Monsters. <laughs> Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, they're you know, it's not. It wouldn't be impossible for that to show up. But oh, definitely not. But it would. Uh, it'd be rare. Yeah. Um, Shaq Fu. <laughs> Little Shaq Fu. Uh, the zombies ain't my neighbors. Okay. Yeah. Um, Alien vs. Predator. That would be cool. That's a pretty, pretty good one. Alright, I'm going random as fuck here, but Sim City. Alright. Why not? Why not? Um, Batman Forever. Batman Forever? Oh my god. I feel like I have to pick a really... Oh, Doom. Doom. Yeah, why not? No brainer. Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> no, I say I played that game when I was younger. Um, I thought it was real cool for playing it as a kid, but I couldn't figure out what the fuck to do. And apparently, um, looking back, it's kind of an adventure game. So you're supposed to like solve puzzles as Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> um, but I couldn't figure it out. But I would definitely love to go back and figure it out this time because I'm an adult and I know what the hell's going on. Uh. Just because I watched someone do, like, a joke review on it, Disney's Aladdin. Oh, I was going to put that on my list, too, actually. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. I love Disney's Aladdin. Actually... That game was pretty fun. In my memories of it, I'm not sure if I played the Genesis version or the Super Nintendo version of it. Cause I, uh, I, heard, I definitely played the Super Nintendo okay. version. I heard they were different, and I feel like yeah. I played the Genesis version, but I liked Aladdin a lot. So, whichever version... It's fine. Just put it on there. Yeah, put the Genesis version on the SNES Classic. <laughs> um, bust the Move, a.k.a. Puzzle Bobble. Oh, my God. Okay, I'll stop. Harvest Moon. All right. Yeah, actually, I feel like that might make it. That sound. That sounds likely to me. Um, how about Chester Cheetah? Too cool to fool. You're the Cheeto man. <laughs> and uh, the last one on my list would be Earthworm Jim. Nice, yeah. Um, I've got a handful, but um, Go de- for it. Death and Return of Superman to side scroll and beat him up. Um, Spider Man Maximum Carnage. Oh yeah. Um, Lion King and Link. and a. Dragon Ball Z game, either Hyper Dimension or Booted in Two, whichever one. I think um, when Fusions came out, or no, it was Extreme Booted in. When you pre-ordered it through Amazon, they gave you a code for a Virtual Console version of Super Booted in Two, I think, for the 3DS. Yeah, for the 3DS. And that was cool, but I slept on that, so I didn't get that. So it'd be really cool to have that on on the SNES uh, Classic. Just bring it over. Any version doesn't you don't yeah. even translate it. Who no one needs to read. Everyone knows who the, who the characters are. Everyone knows how to punch. Just bring something over. Everyone knows what a Kamehameha and Galagun look like. Yeah. I think the booted in games are probably better as games, but I have a lot of fondness for Hyper Dimension just because of how it looks visually and the whole the system where your key and your health are the same thing. So if you power up, your health goes back up. I think that was a cool system. It's a little frustrating trying to fight people that way, but I feel like that 
<laughs> a, a Dragon Ball Z, anything, just put it on there. But yeah, that's our that's our that's the that's Super Nerd Pals uh, SNES Classic. I guess when we have Ryan and Chris back on, we can ask them if they have any picks for it. But oh, they would definitely have some oddball ones. I know Chris definitely will. <laughs> if you're listening, Chris, you better have an oddball answer for next week. You better. Um, I expect it. Yeah. And that's it. But yeah. Yeah. That's the that's show it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks you for can listening. get me on Twitter at SweetJustice1. You find me on Twitter at Doom. Uh, you can find the show on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes. Uh, Google us. We're there. Super Nerd Pals. SuperNerdPals.com. Join our Facebook group. Facebook. Go ahead, Stan. Facebook.com slash group slash SuperNerdPals. I was going to do it, but I felt myself already getting tongue twisted. We have, we are so close to 600 members on that Facebook group. So if you're listening, please join and make our make our power over 600. Um, I really would love to reach 1,000, but I'm going to take it 100 at a time. Yeah, 600 sounds like a good number for now. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely want to try to reach 1,000 as soon as possible. Yeah. So join. Join. Be one with the crew. Join our family. Our fast fam. <laughs> of memes. <laughs> and nerd news. Memes and news. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Peace. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, 109. Super Nerd Pals. Oh, we're missing two people. That's fine. You know why? Because the boys are back. The boys are back in town.